and welcome back to another end zone edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast for what we are calling week one, technically the second week of high school football. I am sports director Lindsey Goff alongside our digital anchor Jake Wallace. Jake, it's week two or week one, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> Depending on who you ask. Yeah, and, and for a lot of teams trying to continue what they did in the first week, a lot of teams looking to build on what were losses, but, you know, pretty impressive performances and some teams mm-hmm. that, you know, feel like they've got a little ways to go after week one, but, or week zero, or as you mentioned, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the first week. Yeah. But luckily it's, it's a long season, but I thought last week was pretty entertaining in terms of yeah. what we got and the storylines that we got out of it. And there were some pretty good games along the way. I would agree. So before we take a look ahead to this week, let's take a look back at last week. We'll start off with our end zone game of the week. Richmond Hill hosting Effingham County. That one was scoreless at halftime. Richmond Hill punched one in in the third quarter and another one in the fourth to win it 14-0 over Effingham County. About what you expected, right? When you Mm -hmm. looked at those two teams and how they like to play, both are pretty stout defensively, both um, especially Richmond Hill wants to run the ball and, and kind of go downhill at you, and that's what you did. We expected a low-scoring game. We expected kind of a defensive struggle, and that's exactly what we got. Richmond Hill gets the win, makes it four straight over Effingham County, but mm-hmm. that Effingham County defense was impressive last year. Didn't get talked mm-hmm. about maybe a whole lot as much as some others, but um, they impressed me a good bit on Friday as well. And then, uh, as I guess you would expect, Benedictine and Calvary both – Cruise to wins to start off the season. Yeah, Benedictine forty-five nothing over Jenkins, a game that was called um, with about two minutes left in the second quarter due to a security incident, uh, some chaos, whatever you want to call it. Out of something happened in the in the visitor stands that caused a lot of folks to run. Yeah, um, we've done plenty of stories about it. I'm sure you've seen it. Savannah Police said there was. Uh, students that were about to fight, they went to break up the fight. The two pe- the people that were about to fight ran, and that caused a, a, a lot of chaos as people were running out of the visitor stands. That caused the two teams to run to their locker room. Just an ugly scene, not what you want at all no. on a Friday night. But we are a football podcast, so we have to talk right. about football. <laughs> and one of the things you got to talk about when you talk about that game was Luke Cromanhawk. Yeah. First start as the cadets quarterback, four touchdown passes and a touchdown run in less than a first half. He hit Zaquan Bryan. Pretty good. He hit Zaquan Bryan on a 60-yard bomb for his first touchdown. It was the first play of the second series, and it it looked a lot like, oh, so this is it's just BC's going to keep on going just like they have for a long time. <laughs> and that Croman Hawk to Bryan connection, you're going to hear those yeah, two a, a lot. lot. Yep. Yep, that was a play of the week nominee. And, uh, of course, Calvary also opened up with a win at Islands. A couple of other standout performances. Uh, Wayne County notched a win in the Jay Bo Shaw era. They beat Bradwell 34-12. to uh, I was there for that one, and they were just rolling, man. I, the score, I don't even think, indicates how dominant they really were in the first half. And when Jay Bo was up in Raven, Raven County, of course, the big story with Raven County was Gunnar Stockton, the star quarterback. Yeah. And then you look at what Wayne County did – in this one, with a freshman quarterback limiting the pass opportunities and went to the ground for good reason. Almost 270 so rushing yards, four touchdowns for 
Wayne County on the ground. And so maybe that's what we'll come to expect from, from the Yellow Jackets this year. Heavy ground attack because obviously they've got the talent to do it. Another team that has a new coach and also a 1-0 record, that would be Bluffton. Yeah, the first game under uh, Hayden Gregory, who was at um, Collins Hill, the state champion in Class 7A of Georgia last year. Bobcats 41-13 over Beach. Max Van Hohenstraten, 371 yards and three touchdowns. He had some impressive games last year. You could see there was some talent Mm -hmm. and then really showed off Friday night against the Bulldogs of Beach. A couple other notables, or one other notable, I guess. Savannah Christian beat Hilton Head Christian 40-7 to in Pooler, so a solid win for them as well. Snaps a 25-game yeah. win streak for the Eagles. And obviously a step up in competition right. there. Yeah. Head coach Ron Produzzi told me earlier this season that this is all by design to try to right. get his team as prepared because they they have overmatched so many teams in in that skiza mm-hmm. in those skiza ranks for a couple of years it was it was good to see you know and i'm sure peduzzi probably not thrilled with the result but probably was happy to see his team you know face off maybe punch right. a punch a little above their weight and it's a learning opportunity so yeah. you either win or you learn uh, so New Hampstead last week beat May River pretty handily in Pooler, and that kind of leads us into this week, uh, New Hampstead part of our WTOC end zone game of the week. They'll be facing Windsor Forest, but they really throttled May River. And did it balance? That was the thing I noticed. Yeah. It was it was 217 yards on the ground, 260 yards in the air. It was a really balanced attack from New Hampstead and Kyle Hockman. Caleb Smith went for a buck 50 on the ground. May River put together some numbers. They scored 27 mm-hmm. points, really were able to do what they wanted to do on the ground for a good portion of the game. Yeah. Um, but New Hampstead, that was an impressive win against a May River team that has proven that they can beat a lot of really good yeah. teams. New Hampstead lit it up in the second half. I think they were down 14-12 to 12 at halftime and just came back, and it was raining hard. I mean, it was not ideal conditions, and they were still able to get it done. Uh, New Hampstead trying to build off a 6-4 and four finish last season, and they're going to face Windsor Forest this week. That one's going to be in Memorial Stadium. Again, that's our WTOC End Zone Game of the Week. Windsor Forest is 0-1 to start the season. They fell at Country Day last week. Yeah, Head coach Jeb Stewart and his team obviously looking for a little bit of a bounce back. Here's a good opportunity to do it against a really good New Hampstead team. A New Hampstead team that, by the way, is 5-0 and against the Knights all time. And so wins are going to look to pick up their first win against the Phoenix ever. But you, ha- you have to imagine Hockman and, and New Hampstead going to be looking to kind of add on and continue mm-hmm. to build that program over in Bloomingdale. Right, and the Knights were 4-5 and five last season, including a loss to New Hampstead, like you mentioned. They fell to them in week one, 41-12. So they're still trying to get this ball rolling fully for Windsor Forest. It'll be, that'll be an interesting matchup to watch, I think. Um, then we've got a big weekend of football, really. We've got football tonight, tonight being Thursday. MCA is visiting Glen Academy, but we've also got Saturday night football, Jake. Yeah, the Irk Russell Classic returns to Paulson Stadium in Statesboro. I'm looking forward to it, especially as Georgia Southern has kind of really gone public with their their push to get Irk into the mm-hmm. College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, this weekend is always kind of a celebration of his contributions, not just to Statesboro and Georgia Georgia Southern football, but really football in general, especially right. here in the state of Georgia. 
and we get two Bullet County programs going at it with Statesboro and, and Southeast Bullet going to battle in the night cap. Statesboro led big on Glen Academy before the Red Terrors mm-hmm. come back and win. SCB falls in a really tight game to Liberty County. So two teams that are looking to get in the win column for the first time yep. in the big stadium in Statesboro celebrating kind of the football hero of the town should be a really cool atmosphere yeah. Saturday night. I'll be there for that. And then, of course, the early game, the 6 o'clock game, is Portal and Twiggs County. So um, a lot of fun matchups, I think. A lot of Bullet County ties, obviously, with three Bullet County teams. It should be should be fun before things get going in Paulson for the Eagles. We have a night for the high schoolers. Yeah, it's always a really cool event. And, and I'm interested to see, especially that nightcap, how, how things go Saturday. Yeah. And then a few other games of interest that we have, a rivalry matchup, Liberty County visiting Bradwell. Yeah, the Panthers, of course, heavy-hearted, go and, and pick up a season-opening win just a couple weeks after the, the death of longtime head coach Kirk Warner. Now they go across town to face their arch-rival, Bradwell Institute, who is looking for a win, mm-hmm. could really use one. That That's always an underrated kind of rivalry matchup, but it should be a lot of fun Friday night in Hinesville. And uh, Hilton Head visiting Claxton. I kind of think that's an interesting border battle we've got with Georgia and South Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to go over there. It's one of my favorite places to to watch a football game is the Pecan Grove. And so Hilton Head off a big win, going to make the long trek to Claxton and and mm-hmm. take on the Tigers in the Pecan Grove. Can B.J. Payne's team go to 2-0? and That's a team that maybe didn't get a lot of pub this offseason, but has yeah. a chance to to move to 2-0 and to start the season. Claxton looking for a win after a loss last week at Tattnall County. Yeah, weather impacted Hilton Head for their first game, so they actually got moved to 10 a.m. on Saturday and managed to beat Battery Creek. So it was definitely a chaotic week one with all of the weather and lightning and then Memorial Stadium. We're hoping for less chaotic week two, or I know you and I are at least. (laughs) How about another game of interest? And and this one's a little different because it's not in the DMA and it's a good ways away, but, but Benedictine making the trip down to South beach to take on Christopher Columbus high school out of Miami. That was the season opener Mm -hmm. last Last year. year, Columbus, the largest private school in the state of Florida, I believe Um, Mm -hmm. they won against Benedictine 42, 27, Last year. Here in Savannah, yeah. Here in Savannah. That that team down in Florida, they, they're going to be loaded with talent always. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested to see how Benedict, Benedictine goes down there and does after really only playing 20 minutes yeah, or so of live valid. football. Now that's they valid. go down and face a really tough test in Miami. The pro to that may be that, you know, they've got very fresh legs. So <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. But that was one of just two losses BC took last season. They open with two losses, and then they didn't lose again en route to their state championship. So it'll be very interesting, I think, to see how they respond down in Miami and in that environment. Jake, another week. Let's hope we stay dry. Absolutely. (laughs) We will see you on the sidelines Friday night. If you see us, come say hello. Make sure you tune in to WTOC's The End Zone at 1120 on WTOC. Jake and I will be there bringing you all of your scores and highlights throughout the coastal empire and low country, and we will talk to you next week.